Welcome to the Short Stay Virtual Summit. I'm Elaine Watt, your host as always, and my guest today is Andrew Jones. Now, Andrew is joining me from iPro Software, and he's here to share his story and journey so far. Andrew, welcome. How's things with you? Hi, Elaine. Thank you for the invite. Very much looking forward to this. Uh, so things are very good at the moment. Um, obviously, we're, we're very busy. Um, lots of things going on, lots of kind of um, drama in the world at the moment, but we're, we're pushing through. Uh, and we're looking forward to, you know, to, to getting the results of, of all these changes that everyone is making within, within the industry. So, yeah, it's, uh, as I say, it's not, an, it's not a nice time for people and it's not an easy time for people. Um, but I think it has been, I think there's definitely going to be some positives to take away from this. Um, and moving forward, um, the clients, my clients in particular, um, are positioning themselves much stronger now moving forward. So, yeah, interesting. Positives and everything. Definitely. I was excited to, to delve into that a little bit more and just learn what it is that you've seen. But first of all, just give us a little bit of an idea about your background, what you do over at iPro Software. Yeah, sure. So um, I got into Holiday Homes 2004. We always wanted to buy um, a place abroad. Um, so in 2004, we finally bit the bullet and we bought a, a, a little villa over in Fertimentura. Um And our goal was to rent it from, from day one. So we set it up exactly how we would want to, to arrive in a property um, that's a holiday home and, and over there it was a side job so it wasn't a permanent job um, and we started building up a number of um, properties so I actually got to around about 10 or 15 properties that we were that we were managing on behalf of our neighbours and on the local golf course uh, and it was then that we were like right okay um, my background was sales my background was technology as well so I decided that with my brother-in-law um, that we were going to launch as a holidays um, and we then built an agency up so 2007 we launched that um, and we built an agency up which was specializing in Spain, Portugal, um, France, Greece, uh, Croatia and we had over a thousand properties in total in the end um, and based on that so while we were growing that we were obviously using CRM packages we were using email marketing tools we were using we then went to a, a vacation rental package that we, we bought and were, were trying to use within our business um, we built our own website etc so we were building everything ourselves and trying things and seeing what works for us and how we can how we can tweak it um, and because of the website build that we were doing, we decided that we would build, based on what we've learned, our own CRM based booking management system. So where the hotel systems were all about, well, direct bookings, funnily enough, um, and of course they didn't have to manage the whole guest journey, we needed that CRM because when you're doing holiday lets, in, especially internationally, mm. they book a year in advance and then you have this whole journey from the moment they book with you to the moment they arrive at the property and there's huge amounts of conversation goes on, huge amounts of questions, huge amounts of people that you have to update. So that's why we needed the CRM. Um, and anyway, we decided that we would build it ourselves um, and that went extremely well for us. Um, we, we use management companies, so cleaning property management companies were our partners in, in destinations. Um, and we had a couple of really close relationships. They decided to take the package on themselves um, and that worked extremely well for them. So we actually then from there decided to launch iPro, which was around about, by the time we'd done all our road tests and commercial tests and et cetera, probably around about 2012. Right. Um, and now my uh, Ian Cliff, a big shout out to Ian Cliff. 
Uh, he's Hi, Ian. The holidays. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure he'll be listening at the moment, but uh, Ian Cliff um, is now running that, um, and we specialise very much in a um, in a luxury market now. Um, so we've, he's got some very high end and provides a um, a real in depth concierge service to those to those VIP clients. So yeah, brilliant. As uh, holidays is still going strong, but we have managed to now. Whereas we were a team before, um, we now kind of um, we have interest in both businesses, so mm-hmm. we can we can bounce ideas off each other off each other and kind of like he can tell me what he's looking for and I can say what we've done for other clients is this of interest to you um so that's really that's really positive but we we have our own kind of um, sections of the businesses now so I run iPro he runs Azure um and kind of we go from there so brilliant that's kind of how the whole thing came about um and it's just been a it's been a journey, you know. It's been a, it's been an interesting one. Um, we've learned a lot along the way. Um, spoke to some amazing people, um, and now it's a case of, you know, how can we, um, how can we get our clients now to compete with these leading agencies? So we've always had a good good clientele that we work with you know our sort of entry level is around about 25 properties excellent um, yeah our average client base is around about 150 to 350 um, but then we have a number of clients pushing up to a thousand properties so we get Great a good stuff. sort of spectrum um, of the companies and you sort of see the people that are have been running for for years and years and years and they stay around the same number um, others that are looking to scale and looking to grow and then you've got other businesses that are, you know, between, say, as I say, that 25 to 100, um, that that's all they want to do. They're in their niche. They've absolutely mastered it. If you want to go to that location, really, that's the best company to go to because you're speaking with the owner of the company. They know everything about it. They're, they're well, they're, they're mini celebrities in their little towns, etc. Um, and, you know, you're going to get the best experience with booking with them. So, Brilliant. Okay. Well, that, that's really great to hear your background to be able to share that because I I knew you had such a rounded background and of course such a a great view of what is actually going on out there at the moment and you've got the slightly different view as well in that you're dealing with people who have portfolios of properties that they are managing rather than the individual owner but they of course in turn have a view of what's going on on the ground so it was brilliant that we've got the chance to have a chat with you today so what are you hearing at the moment what trends have you actually seen seen happening in destinations what what are people how are people managing right now so all of our clients i think every single one of them um actually stopped taking bookings um for dates up to something like june the 4th um there was a when the first uh, when it first happened there was kind of a a push to see if they could um you know owners were coming out of the city um, but actually, there was a huge backlash in these um, in these tourist destinations that people were flooding in. Um, and actually, so the uh, the responsible agency owners thought, no, this is not this is not right. We have to look after our local people, um, our local communities, because that's that's who support us. Um, so as I say, they they stopped taking all bookings, um, and then the whole shift has been how can we um, not cancel these dates. How can we transfer these dates, whether or not it's later on into the year um, or 2021? Um, we sort of implemented, um, well, we had gift vouchers in our system already. We were trying to teach people then how to quickly um, release gift vouchers so that they could provide a credit note to these um, to these bookings um, so that they can easily rebook in 2021. Um, interesting feedback is that it was kind of, you didn't want to move everyone to 2021 because then you're going to affect next year's revenue. 
So it was all, every single booking needed to be treated on a case by case point. Um, right. you know, what suited the guest, what suited the agency, what suited the owner. Don't forget, you've always got three people responsible in this, yeah. in this scenario. Uh, and then we kind of get involved as well. So, um, yeah. yeah. So they have to look after the owner's interest. They have to look after their own interest and they have to look after the guest's interest. And yes. I know there's been a big backlash with some of the larger agencies, which is, you know, it's a difficult situation. So I don't think anyone can really judge. Um, you know, it, you have to do what is what is right. Um, and most of our clients, nine times out of 10, I think have done a very good job in terms of yeah. how they've looked after their guests and also the owners as well. Because, yeah. you know, without the owners, you don't have a business. And I yep. know there's... Uh, it's the same thing with what's going on with Airbnb, booking.com, without the yeah. owners or without the management companies, they don't have a business. That is where everything starts from. Yeah, that's very, very true. And I, I really like the fact that, that what you've identified straight away is that is the proactivity to actually trying to deal with something now, getting straight in touch with those guests and handling the situation. And most important point I thought you said was a case by case basis, which I think is probably one of the biggest issues that we've seen from the Airbnbs, from booking.coms is that it was just like this massive blanket approach that everybody just got a refund with yeah. no option. So I think, I think a lot of our clients went into silence mode for around about four weeks as soon as the um, lockdown started i mean and before that really because they had to call every single client you know we were putting messages up on websites again so a lot of people were trying to lock phones down so that they weren't bombarded with inbound calls but they were then picking up the phone to do the outbound call to catch up with everyone um, and of course as it got more and more severe they had to then go further out with their dates etc so um yeah so it's been you, you can't judge it on one situation because some people are quite happy to move and you know you'd hear examples where well that's fine this was a special occasion we're not going to do it again or we're going to go somewhere else next year we've already booked next year's holiday for example so giving me a credit note is not going to be suitable so you, you know um, so we kind of try to um, help our clients to say well look have your levels of offers ready so you have level one offer okay great that 20% of the people accept level one. Perfect. They're brilliant. Okay. Now we've got to go to level two. Um, and then you get to the real severe one. And then if it's a case of actually this client is just going to go to town and, and really push us to the limits. Do we have the energy? Do we have the desire? Is it not worth just cost, just paying that money out in full and taking that problem away? If that's only 5% of your bookings, the rest of them you've managed to deal with, and it's all been um, amicable. Um, get it resolved don't yeah. let it drag out and just hold you back so that's kind of where we were trying to help our clients and, and i think as i say overall they've done a very good job in doing that yeah i think that that's a really really positive approach it's great to hear that um they've these owners and your clients have got someone like you that that's really got their back and has sort of thought it out and, and has got that high level view to just say do you know what let's take the emotion out of it do the three level process and when it comes to it just refund if you've got to it's not worth the the heartache the hassle yeah. the business effect they, get, they get the difficult owner as well you know and then yeah. and the owner is saying absolutely categorically i'm not refunding and, and the worst thing is is um a lot of our UK clients, they have a contract in place that means as soon as that booking's confirmed, they are contracted to pay the owner. Right. So the owner's money is guaranteed. So they then have to negotiate with the owner to say that you know, we're going to breach the contract, we can't honor the contract, therefore we can't pay you. And so there's, there's actually multiple negoti negotiations going on yeah. for any one booking. Um, but 
you know, we've looked at things at how we can actually improve that moving forward. And, and a lot of our clients were doing things like cancellation protection. Um, yeah. So, you know, if they had to cancel, um, there was there was protection for both the guest and for the owner. So brilliant and i think people are going to become more aware of things like cancellation protection moving forwards as well so that that's something definitely positive that's going to come out of this that that everybody will be able to plan ahead and and know that unexpected things do happen occasionally so what are you seeing owners and and your customers do to to bridge the gap during lockdown what are they what are they working on now to make sure that they are prepared for for post lockdown Okay, so the biggest change for everyone was the remote working. Um, the Most of our clients have um, a number of employees, um, and I think the more traditional cottage agencies, for example, have always um, had um, high, high numbers of staff. They've always kind of been on the me- mentality that they have an office and they have everyone in the team, in the office, etc. Um, whereas this is an industry that doesn't need that at all. You know, a lot of the startups are all in home offices, etc., virtual virtual offices, for example. Um, and the technology now makes that 100% possible. We've always worked in a um, in a virtual environment, so we have uh, remote staff, we have in in office staff as well. Um, so we've always had a mixture. So we we've always utilised the technology that allows you to have um, remote teams. Um, so the biggest thing was making sure that they had, um, as I said, they had the right technology. So were they using Zoom as an example, Google Hangouts, Skype, etc., so that they can still communicate with Teams? Um, iPro itself is a cloud-based system, so it can be used anywhere. It can be used on your tablet. It can be used on your mobile phone. Um, I've heard that people were having to do things like um, you can do uh, things like go to meetings um, yeah. or go to my PC. I think is the is the correct name for it. Um, and they're having to dial into their office PC. So that's left running. They then dial into it from their home and then they're trying to run their office PC from their home connection um, and try and run their business that way. So it's not ideal. Whereas with a cloud-based system, you have access to everything. Yes. Um, so that was, a, that was kind of the, the big thing. And we, we did a couple of um, educational things on, on how they can utilize the technology. So what technology we use at iPro, this is what we recommend to, for doing this, et cetera. Um, cleansing your expenses was a big one you know really looking and unfortunately that has been the the one sort of sad aspect I mean I know the government has assisted in this so people haven't lost out um, financially too much is the furloughing of staff yeah Um, you know they have had to take advantage of that Um, so that's been that's been one thing and I think that will be um, the biggest impact long term I believe uh, for people, because there will be a lot of people that don't um, don't come back to work in that particular role. There will be changes of roles. There will be um, reduce uh, the, the staff number. I think will reduce for some of the bigger agencies. Um, so yeah, there will be there will be some big changes there. Mm. Uh, but looking at your costs, looking at software subscriptions. I know I'm a technology provider, um, but I think we're all guilty to thinking, oh, I need that one. And I need that one. Oh, that Shiny one. object syndrome. Exactly. That one looks perfect. It's going to save me so much time. And you yeah. buy it and you use 1% of it. And you still yeah. carry on paying the monthly subscription. So yeah. I'm for that. And I have same. Cleanse. <laughs> I've, done, I've done exactly the same. And I, especially yeah. as I have the opportunity to speak to so many amazing businesses, I'm constantly thinking, wow, that's that. amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I completely hear you on that. So one of the things that and we've kind of tried to address that, I mean, you know, in terms of our, our training program, um, mm. 
you know, how can we make sure that everyone is utilizing iPro to its maximum? Um, yeah. So as I say, I did a cleanse and, you know, I love Google Drive. Um, so we use Gmail for our, we use the whole suite. Um, and you just realize that you can do so much with Google Drive um, that you don't need so many of these other subscriptions. So kind of everything back to basics, Google Drive is available on my mobile phone, it's available on my tablet. Um, and you can use 365 as well. It's just as good Office 365. So you know, there is no excuses now to kind of, as I say, keeping things very simple. Um, you know, I know there's programs like Asana, Trello, etc. cetera. Um, you know, they're good systems. And I don't, but for me, I don't need to use them. You know, I've got enough in what I'm using um, to be able to manage that. In terms of... Um, uh, Lost my train of thought then. So yeah, in terms of the technology side of things, reducing the subscriptions, reducing the staffing, um, and then it's really how do we get more revenue? How do we yeah. get more revenue now moving forward? How do we get a more profitable uh, and a more sustainable business? Um, so if we're reducing our subscriptions, if we can get them using iPro more, um, we can then start taking advantage of what we would call multiple streams of income. Yes. Uh, multiple streams of revenue. Um, we are all guilty of, of bundling everything into that commission. So because my clients are all um, property managers or agencies, they will earn their money from a, the bookings that they get and they will get a commission for that, for that booking. Um, and, but nine times out of 10, other than hot tubs and pets um, and for the UK market booking fees, the international market never even charged a booking fee. So we were trying to, so, and then of course it was only, two years ago now that they had um card fees were, were were illegal you couldn't pass on the card fee charges but the card fees never dropped in price <laughs> so there was a you know there was an adjustment that had to be made there so we're, we're looking at how they can actually um create more income and start allocating money to certain parts of the business so that if events happen they have money available to to use for use for that particular event um so we talked about booking fees. So, for example, a service fee or a booking fee can, can be built into the built into their booking system. That means that they get their that goes on top of their commission. So, if they've got a thousand pound is the is the rental cost, um, and they make twenty percent commission, it's going to be eight hundred pound that goes to the owner. But anything they then put on top of that one thousand is a straight income to their to their agency. Right. Um, so booking fees or service fees. Um, some people have actually started doing those rather than a flat fee. They do them as a percentage. Right. Um, which means it covers all the card fees and, and administration costs for running that business. Um, and the way that we can do it within iPro is that it's included within the display price to the guest. Um, so the guest doesn't see that they've, they've paid any extra fees. Um, it's a, no, this is the price to you. How I then distribute that money in the back office is entirely up to me because I am selling you at that price and my costs are my costs. Yes. That's, that's absolutely um, brilliant. We do, yeah. We then do uh, damage waiver as a, as a good one. So again, most people work on security deposits. Um, and again, that's fine, but there's a lot of admin involved in security deposits. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of additional costs. Um, you know, it, it, some payment providers will even charge you to refund the money back. So if, if you know, if it's a thousand pound and you get charged 2%, you've lost that money as, a, as an admin fee. Yeah. Um, so a damage waiver will not only negate that and save you time on administration, um, it will actually give you an income. So the caveat is, is you have to make sure that your damage waiver 
works with the number of bookings that you're currently processing. Um, and then the idea is you should put that damaged waiver into, into another pot of money. And then when someone then does makes a claim because there's been some accidental damage, you put a, a marker on that accidental damage as well, 250, 500. You can actually vary it per property as well. So you don't have to have the same um, catch-all. You can, you can have different levels for different size properties. Yeah. Um, and then if someone does make it, you just simply use the money that you've got stored up. And then at the end of the year, you say, well, okay, I've got £50,000 saved up. Um, we paid out £20,000 in damages. That leaves me with 30000 Maybe I'll keep 10000 in as a reserve and I'll bring 20000 down as an income at the end of the year. So it's, a, it's an extra revenue for that particular agency. So you've listed some very, very small operational changes there that actually can make a huge difference to not just the profits, but actually the security and your peace of mind in your business moving forward. It also makes life a lot easier for the, for the guest as well. Yeah, people forget how much is involved in the cost of administration. Yeah. Um, you know, they just think, well, I do that task and I do that task and I do that task, and they, but they don't actually look at how much that's costing them. And yeah. so, and also people think that technology, you know, we do a lot of automation. I mean, that's our key thing is, is automating stuff. But people think automation means that I don't want to speak to you. I don't care about you kind of thing. I just want to do it automatically. And I sit in, the, sit in my little office that I am now, taking my big office away from me. Um, but yeah, you, you just, you know, they, but actually that's not the case because we're in the hospitality industry. So automation is about um, making things streamlined and more efficient so that you've actually got more time to provide a personal service. Yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah, really good point. Yeah, so for me, you know, we, we try and um, we try and give everyone um, like a like a communication journey um, that that they can follow, so that it can be completely automated, and then a guest will decide whether or not that is sufficient for them. So have they got all the information? Um, and actually, while I can see that I can easily call you, mm-hmm. um, I don't need to call you because you've given me everything I need. I've got all the questions that I've got answered. So actually, I can be that perfect guest that you, I'm never going to speak to you, but I'm still going to give you a five-star review. Um, and then other guests will be like, well, actually, no, I still want to talk to you because I just want to double check if that's correct. And then they talk to a real person and then they get the, the rapport, etc. cetera. Um, so that's the beauty of, um, of automation and technology is mm-hmm. giving you more time to deal with those with with people um, yeah be there when things go wrong you know yeah and that, that sort of smiley face uh, to, to get things resolved yeah I, I wholeheartedly agree that's some really really good points you've made there and I also think that that as we move into these these new times that automation is just going to become more and more important as people and guests want a completely hands-off check-in system where a lot of places it will be completely hands-off. There's no person-to-person contact. However, there'll be a lot of people who do still do that personal touch of meeting and greeting guests and bringing them into the property and handing over keys physically where, you know, part of this automation and the use of software will continue the journey past the pre-arrival journey. It's going to be as they arrive at the property, it's going to be completely hands-off. So I think that's going to be key moving forward as well. So I think you're absolutely right. Automation is, is amazing. It's, it's brilliant. And it just makes the whole guest experience a lot better, makes our businesses better, wholeheartedly 
on with on board with that definitely so let's have a talk about where where you think that people moving forward they, they start to streamline they've really made all these changes and you've really highlighted some great things that that businesses can be doing that will make a big difference what are they where are they going to focus in in terms of marketing efforts moving forwards have you seen people moving away from the otas and the listing sites and putting real focus on bringing their own direct bookings in have you seen for example more people using your website builder tool since lockdown that maybe hadn't before yep so we have a with our clients in terms of marketing side of things we have a good split between people that use our, our own website builder um, and people that use our api um, so there are the more advanced integrations where they control their whole website completely and then we have people that use our, our plugins um, so they just have a wordpress website and then they can plug in our checkout pages our booking forms etc and our search um, but in terms of the the marketing side of things again it's been a bit of a um, it's kind of not not we're closed for business, um, but we how can we get eyes on our agency without actually trying to book, without actually trying to sell sell dates, you know, without trying to push push holidays. Um, and what our clients have done, they've worked with um, with their owners specifically, um, and they've looked at opportunities to promote their property to the key workers. So how can we either do a competition? Um, how can we offer free dates to, to key workers? Or how can we offer huge discounts to key workers so that we can promote that, which will get the eyes onto them um, without actually trying to sell sell dates that are coming up soon. So that's been that's been a big push. Yeah. Um, then of course the second big push that people have been doing is book early for 2021. So 2021 is going to have um, less availability much earlier on because we've had a whole chunk of bookings that have been pushed over from this year already, which have been transferred across. We're obviously trying to book dates in advance. People are buying uh, gift vouchers has been a good one. You know, can selling gift vouchers so that you've got money coming into the agency, um, but you haven't actually um, used up any dates at the moment. Um, so yeah, pushing 2021. And then it's been, okay, what else can we do? And, and the best thing that you can invest in right now, ignoring the OTAs for just for now, um, is, is your SEO um, and your, your own website. You know, you don't just want a website with one page and then your properties on, for example. You yeah. need to create um, an experience. You know, what, what makes your agency special? What sets you apart? Um, what's your personality? Um, because I think, again, with the agencies, the owner's personality normally shines through through the agency. You know, it's what makes them it's what makes them special. It makes it um, it's why people would book with a smaller agency rather than the likes of Sykes. You know, Sykes, you know, fair play to them. They're a marketing machine. They've got huge amounts of data. Just like Booking.com and Airbnb, they get huge amounts of eyes on them, um, and that's brilliant. But you don't get a personal service you know you don't get that one-to-one -one, you know and, and sites they can't control all of their owners across the across the whole of the uk this it's just too big a split whereas a small agency has that luxury of being able to know their owners personally being able to work with them directly and still share all of that industry knowledge to make sure that those uh, properties are are in the best possible way for for, the, for their guests mm -hmm. absolutely so that's been that's been a sort of a, a big push um, from that perspective and as i say with the seo that's a low cost i said even if you are doing so we started doing 
Um, we're not an SEO agency. We don't sell SEO services. We, we sort of recommend people to, that, that can work with them. Um, but because we offer the websites, we know how important it is. Um, so we've started providing some um, SEO webinar sessions, master sessions, um, and going through what they can be doing now, even if they're using um, an agency to do their SEO, they need to understand how they should be uploading property. So this is even going down to the customer services team. Okay, yeah. how do I take this property I've been given and how do I make sure that that's ranking well for its specific keywords? Um, because you'll find that even in big agencies, you'll have a, an owner's team, for example, um, or a customer services team, and they'll yeah. be responsible for taking the owner's content um, or going around and doing the write-up themselves, taking the photos, et cetera, and then putting that onto the platform. Uh, Without an understanding of SEO, they're going to lose a great opportunity um, for getting that property to rank highly for those long tail keywords. I had a great example with um, a company in Tuscany. So, of course, Italy had been hit extremely yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, they were the first ones. And, you know, I suppose we're all in the same boat a little bit now. But um, he had uh, fence pools was a big thing for him. So, um, you know, they've got lots of private pools, um, which ones offer fencing and therefore safe and secure for the children. Um, and he had two eight bedroom properties um, with these fence pools. So I said, okay, we would do one as an eight bedroom villa in Tuscany with fence pool. And then there's the second one we'll do is eight bedroom villa in Italy with a fence pool. So by doing those two different, because we looked at the keyword research and we found that, um, Tuscany and Italy, they're both very popular. Tuscany is probably the most searched in Italy. Um, right. So by doing both phrases, if one guest searches on one phrase, they'll get the one property. And if the other guest does the other phrase, they'll get the other property. So you've got the two different phrases covered with two different properties. Um, and you're not going to create unique landing pages for those specific things. But the, the properties itself gets the guest on easy to rank number one on that because it's a very long tail phrase. But it's absolutely the right property for that person who's put in that specific phrase. So um, SEO and your organic reach and your organic traffic is, is kind of, it is an investment for the future. The time you put into that now, you'll keep getting traffic coming through, you know, for years to come. So that's been a big push for our clients. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really good advice because it is, it can be overlooked. You're so busy filling in content, putting stuff onto the website, making sure everything looks right and it looks pretty that you can sort of almost draft over those really important SEO sections or search engine optimization that, that allows you to actually be found. So really good advice. So whilst we're talking about marketing and attracting people to your property, what have we seen in terms of guests and where the, the guests are actually coming from? So historically, for somewhere like Tuscany, Italy, people might have flown in. Now, we're not really sure what's going to be happening with the airlines moving forward. So what have you seen in terms of where guests are, are going to be coming from post-lockdown? So that's going to be a, um, a big a big change for a lot of people uh, in these European destinations. Um, again, because we're a UK-based company, um, you know, not all of our clients, but a lot of our clients are actually UK-based or they're UK owners based yeah. in these destinations, and they've been used to getting ninety percent, eighty percent of their of their bookings from the UK market. Um, right. And that's going to be a big change. Um, I, I know when we first went into lockdown, our UK clients actually took a lot of bookings for August and September 
from people that were going to go international. They were going to go abroad, but they decided that they don't want to risk it. They'll book and they wanted to get in quickly. So they would actually, they rebooked a UK holiday instead. Um, so there was a kind of an upturn there for our UK clients. Um, but now the key thing is going to be about domestic travel because we cannot guarantee the flights. You know, we don't know when the flights are going to open. There's talk in Spain that the UK market is going to be the, the last to be allowed in. Um, so if they do open up for summer, it will be uh, it will be Spain and other destinations first of all, and then the UK. It's not confirmed, but that was one of the rumours that was going round. Um, so our clients are having to look at okay, how do we get more domestic um, more domestic travellers? Um, and again, UK market is very established um, for domestic travel. You know, it's it's a really good strong market. It was one of the best things that we did was to come into that market because we started in the international market, um, and it allowed us to bring in all this extra key functionality and um, kind of professionalism really into the products. Um, but pets has always been a big thing. But I find that very few of our international clients even consider pets, it's pool heating, it's air con, you know, can we charge for these things? Can we charge for welcome packs or uh, meet and greets and so forth? Um, but allowing pets and using, and now I am going to talk about Airbnb and booking.com, et cetera. Um, how do we get our properties onto those platforms? So how do we use the channel manager um, so that we can tap into that local market that we have pretty much not needed until now, but to make sure that we are sustainable and profitable, it's an it's an opportunity now to to start utilizing those and actually getting um, those, yeah. those well, what are international to us but domestic to them in their destinations. Yeah, um, so that's been a big thing. Yeah, that's that's really important. It's a big shift, isn't it? And actually, we were we were chatting before that our recording. We we were saying that really it will help the economy moving forwards, our industry, because we will be employing more people in the destination because of course there'll be more people focused on the language in the area, making sure that you've got staff that can deal with people that are gonna be speaking, they wanna speak their own language and uh, have people to deal with that. So look, moving forwards, you might well see local people more employed rather than say a team over here dealing with properties over in Spain or in Italy. So, you know, there's, there are some positives that are going to come out of this most definitely. Okay. I mean, if you are, if you're in the hospitality industry and you're, you're sort of local and so you have uh, multilingual, so you can speak English and your, your local, your local language. Um, again, having that kind of self-employed mentality and sort of, I'm going to use the word freelancer. We use them a lot for graphic design and development, etc. But, um, that same mentality can easily work in tourism, you know, so that you don't have to, as an agency, we don't have to employ them full time. They might work for three or four agencies. Um, and we've actually started doing that now with our client base. You know, is there any um, people resources that because they know iPro, because they know the industry, but they only, one client can only afford five hours with them or two hours. So we're starting to try and see how we can expand that and actually get, allow people to use the same person. And I know there's been people, um, Deborah, um, she also talked about sharing cleaners, etc., um, and things like that. So you you have this kind of portfolio of experts, but you only need to pay for the service that you can either afford or need at the time that you need it. Um, and that means local for local people doing meet and greets and looking after guests and being that point of call, like a concierge service, for example, um, and can speak or speak the languages. I think it's a perfect opportunity. Yeah, really, really good points. So 
where are you expecting the future of our industry? What are your predictions? Are people going to be continuing with short-term stays? Is there going to be a lot less availability of short-term stays because everything has sort of been shifted ahead a year and therefore the prices are going to go up? Are people going to stop traveling? Because they're thinking, no, I haven't got any money left now. I've been unemployed or my business has gone down as, as a guest. So we're not going to travel. What do you think? What is your feeling about what's, what's going to happen over the next couple of years in our industry? Obviously, this is not going to be resolved this year. It's not going to be resolved next year. Um, however, tourism is always going to bounce back strongly. Um, for sure... If, again, the things we've got to remember here is, you know, there's a big debate at the moment. Who's going to be more um, prepared for this, the hotels or, or the holiday homeowners? Um, the hotels are huge, huge corporations with, with again, massive budgets. You know, Airbnb and Booking.com, uh, Booking.com splits over the both, but it, they give us the same kind of marketing power in theory of, of, of what, the, what the hotels can do. But the hotels are a huge, high traffic Lots of business travelers, etc. So in theory, those those places you are going to be more likely to get infection. Whereas a holiday home, you know, it's got less traffic. Um, there are we know that cleaning kills all bacteria, etc. So good cleaning practices um, means that you are going to be you know safe and secure in that holiday home. So I yeah. think you know as long as the agencies prepare themselves right and they actually make it you know people are now going to be conscious about it so i've talked about um how they can improve their the amenities that they now live and leave in their properties so can they leave hand gels can they leave gloves even um what is their cleaning procedure do they document their cleaning procedure do they warn um people as they come into the property these are high touch points here's some wipes that you can wipe everything down as well you know as you're using stuff um where do you put your coats and your shoes when you walk into the property um lots of things whereas people just if they let things sprawl out you know that's the spread of infection awkward places where if people then touch you know it's, it's going to going to be spread so focusing on how they how they deal with hygiene and what they make available to their Yes, will encourage those people that are a little bit concerned. Think, well, actually, it's no more risky than staying in my own home. You know, these guys have actually made a big effort here to make me feel safe. So, you know, if I'm in the city and I want to get to the countryside or to the beach, I'm going to be much happier mentally. Um, and I think that's what people have got. It's all about how we feel emotionally and how yeah. we feel mentally is going to be the real driver um, of this. And, and as agency owners, they, their duty is to just make people feel safe and confident in, in taking that break. Yeah. Um, and that's why domestic travel, I think, is just going to be so key because there is no, there's no blocker then because the flights we know, we don't know if they're going to go really expensive. We don't know if they're going to go really cheap because there's no one on there. That at the moment is an unknown. So yes. it's those international travelers that we kind of we can't really answer the um, answer the question on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a really tricky one, and I think that's a really good point you make on the 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 way that you make people feel. And I think I there's it's Maya Maya Angelou who had a quote that said, "People will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel." And I think that is just. A, a, a sentence a quote to live by in our industry and and even more so now as things are shifting as you say so as we come towards 
close today and thank you so much for spending so much time with us today you've shared some just amazing ideas streamlining things that can really make a difference to people's businesses right away and, and things which have sort of been overlooked and it has given us the time to really notice actually we can be a lot more efficient and we've got the time now to to have a really strong business moving forwards as we come out of of lockdown whenever that is yeah. Do you think there's going to be less of a focus on the use of OTAs or the listing sites and more of a focus on individuals getting more direct bookings and really focusing on that? Do you think people will actually leave the OTAs moving forwards? Um, no. So, I mean, in terms of the, the focus for, for OTAs, they are here to stay. Um, I don't think from what we're seeing with how heavily backed they are with investors and new investment coming in to, to bail them out, um, you know, we there there is always going to be um, that that those master platforms that that get the majority. And you know, younger generations um, they like choice and they like everything on their phone. So it's great that we can we can offer apps to loyal customers, etc. Um, but when you're trying to get new eyes on you, now people are even they're missing Google altogether they're going on to Airbnb. And I think there's a big difference though between um, the urban market and the, um, and the leisure market. The urban market is very much, um, oh, I want to go away this weekend. Okay, I'll go on our book. The leisure market, we tend to plan a little bit more in advance, you know, not saying that we don't get last minute offers. Um, and, you know, that's what Airbnb and booking.com are there for. So you can still cater for that, that last minute. Um, but people like to plan more. And I think this kind of scenario that we're in at the moment that's going to see the planning reduce a little bit but people are doing a um, you know cancel for free uh, what people have implemented this year now to say well look, book with us now but if anything you know if this scenario happens again you will be guaranteed to get all of your money back or a you know a full credit note for, for everything that you spent so that's what they're trying to do to encourage the bookings mm, like a worry-free um, cancellation policy exactly yeah um but as I say, it's, uh, you know, with the Airbnb and Booking.com, their marketing budget is just so strong. Uh, it's just too powerful for, for anyone to compete with. So unless there's new platforms coming in, um, then they will be here to stay. Um, but it's on you as the owner of that business to make sure that when a guest books with you from one of those platforms, you take the ownership of that guest. I mean, it's one of the things I just stress constantly with our clients is that, you know, how do you then make contact with them? How do you, do you call them? You know, you may have to work 10 times harder with that guest that's come from there. But if they book with you next time, rather than going back to those platforms, and if they know they booked with you, rather than airbnb that's your win because so many guests think they're booking with airbnb um and they are relevant of who they actually end up with um, mm. they say i booked with i booked with airbnb not i booked through airbnb um and it's on all of us to work on that um but just to kind of finish on the book direct thing um you know there is a there's a massive push now um, and there's so much momentum behind it. I think everyone in the industry has a duty to kind of um, to keep pushing it to make guests yeah. aware of it. Um, and, you know, the extra fees that are taken out of our business, um, you know, huge amounts of money. I know people like to say that book direct, you should get the best price. Um, but I think there's a change here now where if I'm paying 15, 20 percent to these OTAs and actually I get to keep that for the booking. I like to think, OK, well, how more profitable, sustainable can I make my business, but also how 
um, how much can I improve the experience that I give to my guests with that extra money? Because if we're all working on bare bones, it's actually the guest that's going to lose because we can't make those maintenance checks. We can't make sure we, we have to wait until the boiler breaks rather than actually checking the boiler every month to make sure that it's not going to break and replacing it immediately if we think it is going to break within the next couple of weeks or next couple of months so that we don't even have the complaint from the guest in the first place. So I would like to save those OTA fees and I'd like it to go into the agency so that they can improve the whole experience for the guests. Perfect. I think that's a really, really good way to end is that just the massive focus on us being the ones that really do look after the guests so perfect place to end our amazing time thank you Andrew for spending some time with us today just before we do end how can uh, people listening and watching today find out a little bit more about iPro yeah so if they want to learn about um, iPro our website is www.ipro-software.com excellent great stuff thank you once more andrew it's been a real pleasure to chat to you today and uh, hopefully i'll get to see you again very soon cheers bye for now bye